Week 16, we're here. Fantasy football implications on the line in the playoffs. We've got Saturday football, Sunday football, and Monday football. And it's time to find some winners. We are due for a complete, real show sweep. This is the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour, starting now. Welcome back to the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour. We are now, for the rest of the season, if you haven't noticed, only streaming on YouTube and Facebook on Fridays at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you are listening as a podcast, it's probably on Saturday morning before there's some action today um, in the NFL. We're coming off the closest thing we have had to a full show sweep all season long. And it's weird because we've dominated the underdog Pick Generator, which you can get as part of the DFS Dominator on our website. We've dominated our leans of 15 to 20 picks almost every single week. And last week, we were actually pretty mediocre, 7 and 8 and 1. But we almost picked the four that won. And Mitchell Trubisky had other ideas. If you are watching live on stream, you get to see me screen sharing the entry that lost, which was Pat Freermuth higher than three receptions. Sam Laporta higher and 46 and a half receiving yards. Freermuth was targeted twice when he was completely wide open, and the one that I remember distinctly was in the first half. He had uh, a first down, and Mitchell Trubisky yanked the ball 10 yards uh, to the left. So that basically summarized the week. Uh, I understand. I had one of those last night. I had Cooper Cup, first TD, watched him drop the first TD pass, uh, that was painful. So uh, when, when you see it going to him, it's there. Uh, Ahan and I were joking. I was like, he's like, he missed him by 10 yards. I was like, he's more like 12 to 15. Like uh, that was bad. So um, Pat actually gets a, to get the Bengals. He gets a, like the nuts tight end matchup this week. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Rudolph, he's going to have like seven receptions just to make fun of us this week now. Absolutely. And I, I know it's going to happen. I'm not going back to him this week. Um, uh, you know, I'm more on the Deontay Johnson train, but I'm definitely on the don't touch anything to do with Mason Rudolph train in this one. I do think this is the kind of game that Mike Tomlin, you know, pulls out some of his voodoo and perhaps wins the game outright against the Bengals. But I have no interest in using my my limelight on the show, using our platform uh, to go after the Steelers right now. But when, when, uh, when you're in trouble, uh, you can always rely on a good old Rashad White. Trevor, you have the floor because you are back in the winning column. Uh, yeah, that, it's just he's a, he's a guy. He's done it all year. Um, what can I say? I mean, he's fantasy MVP. I would argue he's the fantasy MVP this year based upon ADP. Um, you know, there, of course – Kyrene's been a monster as of late. Puka has been a monster and they're, they're going to help win leagues, but overall through the whole season, from a fantasy standpoint, from a show standpoint, I, I mean, we have to say, right. Rashad White gets our, our MVP vote of the season. Um, here's a question. How much do Russ and Sean Payton really dislike each other? Like, like, because it's like getting pretty contemptuous over there watching them like talk to each other. And I, I don't think Peyton's ever had anybody that 
didn't listen to him before, like just just shut up and just said no matter what he said. Where I think Russ had a, used to have it a lot more say, so I think there's some struggles there. Uh, but he got us to even in there just shellacking that Detroit gave them. Uh, he got us there. I'm very happy for that. We will take that and run. And you will probably not see me on any more Russell Wilson DFS slash plot plays the rest of the season. Absolutely. Get in, get out. He gave us the winner. Thank you for your service. Um, Rashad White, he's definitely the, our show MVP. And if we made a like a all MVP fantasy team for the season, um, I feel like Puka Nakua is the obvious one that goes at the wide receiver slot. Rashad White, definitely a contender for the running back spot. And I have to give a shout out to our boy David Montgomery for the season long as well. Early season wagon. Can't forget about good old David Montgomery. Uh, week 15 was actually better than I anticipated because obviously, you know, we started the week right with this Broncos-Lions game. You know, I was on the Lions. You were on uh, Russell Wilson. We got the best of both worlds. And my takeaway from that game was the Lions are – You, I cannot, I cannot state enough how bad the Lions defense is. And it ties back into the one game uh, that we had – uh, yesterday in week 16. And if you missed out in our Discord, we gave out a two-pick collab entry and it cashed on Derek Carr interception and Kyron Williams lower on rushing plus receiving yards, which got a little sweaty. I will say if that lost, I would have come out and said, that was my pick. Got a little sweaty, a little unnecessary. Guys been a monster all season long. And my takeaway from that Lions game and yesterday's Rams game is the Rams are going to beat the Lions in the playoffs if they face off in the first round. And it's going to be hilarious when Matthew Stafford does that. Uh, playing in Detroit, it's going to be the ultimate quote-unquote revenge narrative. But the Rams are going to beat the Lions if that happens. Um, and I would be happy to see the Rams do that. This is a team that I thought for the first time in this Stafford era that they were going to be pretty bad this year entering the season. This was the team I was most wrong about. I thought they'd win four or five games. But shout out to them. Their offense looks damn near as surgical, if not even better, than they did the Super Bowl year when they had Odell. So shout out Puka and shout out the squad. Uh, I totally agree there. And I want them to win because it means my Niners, who should have the first seed, will get the Rams. And, uh, you know, we've, we we kind of own McVay for the most part. So I, I would not cry about that. My, you know, I want to talk about the game last night. I said it to everybody. I said it to a Han. I threw a challenge at him. My issue with New Orleans is they haven't played anybody for seven weeks. Like they have played no quarter. Goff is the best quarterback they've played. Literally the best quarterback they have. Right. Uh, it's literally like what I don't know. I want to come up with a word. Like what's the word for like the anti murderers row, like yeah. whatever, like the anti murderers row is that's who they have faced. Yeah. Um, they just haven't faced anybody, and then it showed last night. Uh, the Rams were able to expose spots on them, and then Derek Carr was who we think Derek Carr is. Uh, did his job for us, got that interception, uh, and we will uh, take our money and say thank you very much, underdog. Absolutely, and it's I, I did fall in as a Saints trap yesterday. If you saw on Twitter, I was on the Saints. I uh, it was the first time. It was the first bet I lost on a primetime game since Thanksgiving Day, which was in week 12. And that's which what is, just let, let, let's, we gotta yeah. give that a five. I don't think everybody understands. That's a streak, boys and girls. That is very, yeah. very hot. 
I appreciate you, but but uh, Derek Carr humbled me a little bit. Um, and the, the Saints defense, and like you said, they they face absolutely nobody, and they finally got exposed. And honestly, they could have given up 50 if Cooper Cup didn't get hit on the shoulder twice and drop two footballs. So the the, the Rams were nearing 50-point territory. Um, so the Saints, definitely, definitely not it on either side of the football. And the Rams definitely... You know, if you, if you think of the tier one contenders, it's the 49ers and uh, in, in some sense, the Cowboys, the Eagles, et cetera. But I, I kind of view them as tier two. And then if if there's any sort of fringe teams that people still consider, you know, in the fringe um, of contention, uh, the Rams are definitely what I would call the bottom tier of the quote unquote contenders world. So. Uh, I think they're going to win a playoff game, and Kyron Williams has been an absolute revelation. Uh, you know, it's the, the the Rams have two stories, which will tell you that it's okay to adjust your priors, which is Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams, right? Kyron Williams, small guy, almost undrafted, right? Very went very late in the draft. Didn't have a great prospect profile, but is thriving for now at least. Uh, I think he will be overpriced next year, but uh, he's having a great. Uh, season and then Puka Nakua, I think, just in general, is the guy that Cooper Cup is passing the torch. And although he might may not be as impressive of a prospect as Cooper Cup, and maybe the ceiling is slightly lower, um, he is someone that in Dynasty, if you can get swap him for JSN, and people are like still sticking to their priors that Jackson Smith and Jigba is the consensus wide receiver one, and he's this alpha. Um, it's it's best to go to playerprofiler.com, look at their player pages right now, and say, yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba might not be that guy, but Puka definitely is. So the Rams have given us two of those stories. But it's time for week 16. We got a huge slate. We got holidays coming up. We've got football in the daytime and the nighttime, and we're about to hit up the underdogs pick em board. And if you want to tail us, you can join us live and head over to underdog. If you're a new user, you can use promo code UNDERWORLD upon entry. You'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100 US when you sign up. And after this show is over, you can head over to the Player Profiler Network. And tonight, Memphis Young, her boy, will cover betting side of these games uh, for the rest of the Week 16 slate on The Juice. So if you want the betting side, head over to Memphis Young Show later tonight. But right now, we're about to get into the uh, pick and board for Week 16. And before we do, let's hear a quick word from the Podfather. DFS getting harder every year, but we're here to make it easier with the DFS Dominator because I know a lot of optimizers keep coming out. Oh, our optimizer. What about this optimizer? But that optimizer. Well, we have a cash game optimizer that leverages the projections from Dario, Billy, the award-winning projections at playerprofiler.com and builds the best lineups for cash games that have both upside and and stability because that's what you want it's a couple clicks boom 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 you get the best possible lineup for your cash games but for tournaments traditional optimizers don't work that's why we have a lineup genius which takes you through the process of building lineups the way they should be built which quarterbacks do you want to be overweight on then building stacks then setting runbacks then optimizing and generating up to 150 lineups that you can easily import into DraftKings, into FanDuel. That's the DFS Dominator. It's only $45 a year. Not not a week. A, a year. A year. Just go to Player Profiler, click on the DFS Dominator from the menu, and you won't be sorry. 
We're back on the player profile or pick and power hour where we're about to come up with some pick and entries for the underdog slate on uh, week 16 for the NFL. You can tell us using promo code underworld. And if you're live in chat, you could ask us your questions, fantasy questions, pick and questions, whatnot. We're going to get right into it. The DFS dominator has the underdog pick generator and you can get, uh, be, you know, be a part of that. It's probably too late in the season for you to get, take full advantage of the DFS dominator. But for next year, Along with all your lineup questions, you can also get the underdog pick generator. And for week 16, we have 18 early leans for that up on the pick generator this week. So if you want to get in your entries soon, get them in now before the projections move. But right now, we're going to talk about our favorite entries. And Trevor, you have the board to start us off. We're going to an ugly game, and we're going to game stack this week. Uh, we're going to go to the Jets and Commanders, and we're going to start with... Uh, We'll go with Garrett Wilson here. And this is just simple math for me. Um, Wilson has delivered this entire year, this entire year, despite his quarterback play. I can't even fathom the year Wilson would be having if Rodgers was it. He would be having it. I, I he would be having a DA, you know, type of year. I think he would be at the top of every league leaderboard. I think he would have would have just been breaking stuff. Um, cause we've seen what he's done with just guys who can't throw guys who are throwing high, low outside, inside the revolving door of the jets quarterback situation, which wasn't his own. Um, and he's continued to deliver week in and week out. Uh, he's gone higher than this, uh, line in eight out of 10. So we really like that side of it for him. Uh, he's been again. And what is like pretty much the dream matchup when you go to like, throw a passing offense you want to go against the washington commanders they're literally the gift that keeps on giving um garrett is currently averaging 10.2 targets and 5.8 receptions over the last 10 and if we take out the denver game which was really bad for the jets uh that goes up to he's hit it he's averaging 6.1 receptions um so we like that quite a bit um this is a good spot now we're talking about the commanders They've allowed the third most passing yards a game at 276 and a half. We know their weakness is their secondary. Um, they have allowed the top playmakers on every team to just torch them. Cooper Cup, Lockett, Metcalf. This is how bad they are. Juju and Drake London both have more than six receptions against the Redskins. Um, and as we know, Juju has been on the struggle bus with uh, Hans pass this year. So we get this is one of the uglier games of the week that, hey, I probably wouldn't turn into otherwise, but value is value. Uh, this is currently four and a half at minus 175 at Sportsbooks. We like it that it's going up to the five. Uh, worst case scenario is probably pushes, um, but you've seen he can, he's continued on the show for us to have eight catches, nine catches, seven catches, eight catches. Uh, and in this spot, Simeon is going to target him. He's going to have to. Um, and they're going to take advantage of that Redskins secondary. And tying back to, you know, the, the preseason takes, you know, I take my L's when I'm wrong, and I take my W's when I'm very right. The Jets fans who came at me for saying that Garrett Wilson is the only good pass catcher in this in this offense, like, where are you now? Alan Lazard a couple of weeks ago was a healthy scratch. Like, what were we doing when you told me that Alan Lazard is a wide receiver too in this league? This is the only man to throw to. I love it. 
I, there's one option. Like there's, that's it. Like there's, we're going to throw on the ball or we're going to throw him the ball. Oh yeah. And in case you're wondering, throw on the ball. Like it's yeah. just, we're, and that's what we're looking for when we're, I don't want to tie it to his yards. I don't want to have it there. I want to tie it to his receptions. We're going to stay in the game. Um, our boy, Sammy Howell, that was so hot this season, fantasy darling, uh, got benched last week. Um, and our boy Curtis Samuel still delivered higher on his receptions. Despite all his quarterback play, he's continued to be there. So we're going higher than three and a half receptions here. Now I get it's the Jets. And the Jets, from a secondary standpoint, they've given up the third least amount of yards. However, they are struggling against slot receivers because Sauce isn't there, in my opinion. Um, so I think Samuel's not going to have a problem finding open space and making plays versus them. Here's what I love. He's been averaging six and a half targets a game and 4.6 receptions uh, during his recent 10-game stretch. Like, that's what, again, what I'm looking for on that line. Player profiler models him to 5.1 in this matchup in a game which, again, the, the – Commanders are almost always going to be in a negative game script, even against the Jets. Um, and this is a game, Terry, while he is F1 has been great this year, he's probably going to see a good amount of sauce. Uh, and with sauce on him, uh, we're going to have, you know, I think we're going to see Samuel be the safety blanket, whether it's how, whether he gets pulled during the game and it's Brissett. Uh, I think this is just don't overthink it. We're in week 16. We know who's getting volume now. Uh, and I want to take advantage of this at a game, like I said, that honestly I would just would not pay attention to otherwise. We all know that Ron Rivera should probably be a family man um, at this point of his career, uh, but one of the few safety uh, safety nets that we have recently is the emergence of Curtis Samuel, who, by the way, I liked a lot when he was tied to Carson Wentz um, and is just a good Full circle experience. Coming back to Curtis Samuel at the end of the year um, with Sam Howell at quarterback, hopefully for a full game and in a close game, presumably, with this low total um, and close spread. I love it. And for the culture, I, I will tail um, for a little sprinkle myself. Before I get into my own entry, and uh, you know, I'm going to start with some Saturday games. So we do got sat- we do have Saturday action this week, oh. and I'm starting with a Saturday game, and I'm co- coming at you with another stack. We're bringing back the stack, and I'm bringing back a quarterback-wide receiver duo here. And I know we're on the same page on this because I saw you uh, for the underdog pick generator sent me this receiver, and uh, I was exactly on the same page. And uh, and if we're on the same page, we're probably right based on what we've done this season. So I'm tying Josh Allen um, yeah, with Stephon Diggs in this game. I'm taking Josh Allen higher than 22 and a half completions and Stefan Diggs higher than six receptions. Again, just like with free remote, we didn't get the, you know, on the sports books, it ended up at three and a half, but we didn't get the fourth. We got the three, we got the push potential. So we didn't lose anything since he landed on three. So even if Stefan Diggs lands at six, we're not ruining the rest of the entry and that leg will just void. Um, but here's why we're going after Josh Allen. Uh, we're getting a buy low, the ultimate buy low because in his last game, he completed seven passes, seven completions. Um, and that was against um, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, you look at why this happened. The game started. The new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, 
said, okay, we're going to pass the ball. Okay, we're going to run the ball. And then James Cook just started running wild all over the place in the first quarter and having the game of his life. Joe Brady, after the game, said, I wanted this to be a pass-first game for Josh Allen because we want Josh Allen to be a pass-first quarterback. We want this offense to be pass-first. But I saw that the run game was working, and I said, you know what? We're going to keep doing it until it doesn't work. And it just kept working. So they stuck with a running narrative in this game, and the Bills won by 20. I understand this is potentially a blowout, but in this game, I think the only way that the Bills actually blow out the Chargers and do their job is if they find success with Josh Allen passing the ball. They're going to do it early and often. And the Chargers, they have been, you know, along with the Lions, one of the worst pass, along with the Lions and the Commanders, they've been one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. And firing Brandon Staley may inspire the squad, but they're still not going to be good at football because none of these players are good at football. Uh, and you look at what opposing quarterbacks have done against the Chargers this season on the pass completions, a few to uh, a few to name, two attack of Iloa, 28, Ryan Tannehill, 20, Kirk Cousins, 32, Aiden O'Connell, 24, and 20, the last game in that blowout. Dak Prescott, 21, Mahomes, 32. But then it gets crazy. Tyson Badgett, 25, Zach Wilson, 33, Jared Goff, 23, Jordan Love, 27, Russell Wilson, 21. So, most of the quarterbacks are going off against his number 27 ranked dropback, EPA per play pass defense, and Allen has hit this completions projection in 8 out of 14. So now is the time to buy low, and I'm going to tie it with Stephon Diggs if Josh Allen is going to be pass first in this game. It's probably because Stephon Diggs is eating as well. There's simply no matchup for Stephon Diggs on the Chargers, and he has had at least 10 targets in eight of his 14 games, at least six receptions in 10 of 14 and at least seven in six of 14. Uh, this is the kind of game where this used to be the, the wagon last year was Amon Rasane Brown for me. He used to hit these, the six receptions projection by the first half. I think we see something similar with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in this one. And to tie it all together, since we do have to pair this with an entry uh, that is not Buffalo bill, I am going to TJ Hawkinson in the ultimate revenge narrative um, and I, I, the, the religion narrative stuff gets overblown at times, but I'm going to tie this back into the whole Stafford stuff. He was traded from the Lions to the Vikings, and I'm going to take a higher on receiving yards here because, like I said, the Lions, they allow a lot of explosive pass plays. I think even with only five receptions, he can clear this line. But the key here is also the volume with Nick Mullins. Um, I'm high on Nick Mullins this week, and that's not because I like the player. It's because I like the spot. Uh, he has a healthy Justin Jefferson, and all the defensive attention is obviously going to be on him. Jordan Addison's coming off a nice game. But Nick Mullins entering this year, his target share to tight ends was 24.5%. Since 2018, that's the 12th highest among all quarterbacks with at least 100 tight end targets. So this is a guy that loves targeting his tight ends. And, of course, we'll see a little Josh Oliver, but TJ Hawkinson is obviously still the man. This is a spot where TJ Hawkinson, probably, this is the game for him to hit 100 receiving yards. And the last time, the, the one time he faced off against his former team last year was with Kirk Cousins, and he had 77 receiving yards. Josh Allen higher than 22.5 completions. Stephon Diggs higher than six receptions. And TJ Hawkinson higher than 52.5 receiving yards by half a unit, three-piece. I like it. They, one of the things I actually really like about that there is the Chargers, after the shellacking they just took, are officially the worst pass defense in the NFL. They have given up four more yards than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, and then if you go across ADOT, air yards, right, they're just at the bottom of the NFL and all of that. Um, 
Ken Dorsey would have never uh, just kept riding James Cook like that. They would have tried to force the ball. Um, and again, they, they know they're going to need Josh to pass in the playoffs. This is a great spot to do it. Um, and I like Nick Mullins as well this week. So I like the Hawk play. Um, I'm actually having to roll Nick out in a few spots where CJ Stroud is just got officially announced that he is out this week. Uh, rip all my playoff teams that he helped carry me there on. Uh, but I like Hawk here that yardage is too low in that matchup. DFS championships are about to be won on the backs of Jake Browning and Nick Mullins, and I am all for it. Just to review for our picks today, so my three-piece, Josh Allen, higher than 22.5 completions, and Stephon Days higher than six receptions, with TJ Hawkinson higher than 52.5 receiving yards, and then for Trevor's entry, Garrett Wilson higher than five receptions, Curtis Samuel higher than five receptions, or higher than 3.5 receptions. The game stack in a game you might not watch otherwise. So I absolutely love it. If we sweep this week, it's going to be a five-pick sweep. It's it's going to happen, right? Like, let's try the strategy of just saying it's going to happen. I'm already looking forward to posting both the entries green. Um, we're going to go 18-0 on the underdog pick generator because we're built like that. It's week, it's week 16. We have, to, we have to be built like that, and we will. That's just how it's going to be. I'm going to play it as an official five-play myself. That's how confident yeah. I am this week. So, uh, and then you know tonight, what? you're a bad influence, but I'm going to do that too. I'm uh, also, uh, I'm going to give a quick promo two hours from now. If you are playing DFS, I'm going to be on with Chase on this channel. Uh, we're going to be doing a show breaking down the different DFS slates because, right, we have three DFS slates this weekend. So, uh, in two hours, we're going to jump on. We'll be on for about an hour and give you guys a breakdown of uh, the different options and uh, a first look. All the shows coming at you in week 16, DFS show. Go join Trevor and Chase and then check out the juice tonight for the betting aspect of week 16. But for now, we will see you once again, not on Wednesday, but on Friday for the week 17 edition after we give you a 5-0 and sweep. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all of this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.